Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Tinderbox. We are the podcast for Matchsticks and Gasoline, the Calgary Flames website for SB Nation. Mark, Michael, Maddie, Gordy here this afternoon on a... Uh, Kind of bummer of a day in the hockey world if you've been living under a rock or sleeping all day. The Calgary Flames have no games for the next three days as they have been placed on NHL COVID protocol. This afternoon, the Flames announced six players and a trainer all tested COVID positive. Um, it's only a three-day thing. It could last longer than the 16th, so I don't, I don't know how this works. I guess it depends on when. They may have contracted, but I mean, most quarantines are anywhere between like seven and 14 days. So I'm not a doctor. I don't know. Uh, Michael, not, not a good day in flames nation, right? Yeah. It's um, I think we kind of feel felt like at some point it was going to happen, whether it was last season or this year, Um, every team, it feels like it's probably going to go through it. But um, I would say what was more surprising was kind of like how unexpected it was that it kind of just went from like business was usual a couple of days ago to now like, Oh yeah, like six guys have it. And, Nothing's going on in terms of like the actual shutdown. I think at least in Alberta, the rules, like if you test positive, even if you're asymptomatic, like I think it's a 10 day minimum, you still have to quarantine or something. So I don't know if that would change at all for the professional athletes, which I mean, we often see things change like that. But uh, if not, like they're out for more than just the three games we've been talking about. Yeah. And then cap wise, there's not a lot of room to bring anybody or move anybody around down six guys. I mean, you're down Lindholm. Manjupani, Chris Tanev, Brad Richardson, Adam Rzyska, and uh, I'm forgetting uh, Nikita Zadorov. So there's your six players and a trainer down. Um, Gordy, like clearly, I think this is going to go beyond three days. Would you be surprised if tomorrow you found out player XX and X had it as well? Yeah, from I was listening to Pat Steinberg not too long ago, and from what it sounds like, this whole the cap situation and the times players can come back like this is going to be a whole convoluted mess. So I guess like the six players that tested positive, like the earliest they can play will be the Saturday game. But because, yeah, like you said, with all these, these, this cap crunch, the flames won't even be able to recall anybody for that game. So very likely they'll, they'll have to play with three forward lines or something ridiculous. And then the game after that, if they use their, emergency recalls it can only be for guys under a cap hit of 850,000 so if you're expecting to see like Jacob Pelche, Connor's there like all these cool guys come up because of this no like it's it's going to be Luke Philp and Walker Dewar like it's it's going to be a pretty horrifying couple of weeks here especially after some tough losses yeah and Maddie uh you look at the flames have gone up against teams who have had it even worse than they had it with, you know, eight and 10 players out due to COVID. They managed to make it work, but their salary cap is different. Uh, what are you expecting here in the next three days? You expect them to get any better? Uh, not really. Um, if they had like six players test positive all at once, I'm expecting some more cases to pop up. Um, I will say, and it feels weird to say, but good on the league for just shutting this down now i think 
unfortunately, they've gotten burned a bit from how bad things got in Ottawa with the Islanders. And it seems like yeah. they're being a little bit more proactive with not messing around with everybody's health and trying to still play games. So um, I think it's going to be ugly, but definitely doing the right thing here for now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think just shutting it down immediately, getting everybody as healthy as possible, because I mean, it sounds cliche and all, but it's hockey is a game, you know, people's health and, you know, futures are at stake here. So shut it down, get everybody healthy, getting those six flames players and the trainer, you know, up and running and healthy. That's the most important thing right now. Right, guys? I mean, I, that's what I think, at least. And from just to touch on Maddie's thing, it's it doesn't seem to be exactly like a proactive thing the league's doing. It's more the fact that Calgary was going to cross the border for these two games, which yeah. hadn't really happened to Ottawa or the Islanders. And it was just a matter of like these games are tonight and tomorrow. And it just kind of had to be done. It wasn't it wasn't like the Flames were getting a different treatment than those other teams who, like you said, lost a lot more players than Calgary. Uh, um, so, um, you know, tough day for Calgary. Uh, you know, it's it's three days off. We're coming on the heels of a losing skid, so not good timing at any time. But with, uh, you know, a four-game skid in the book, uh, this was going to happen at some point this season, right? People losing their minds. They want we're, – we're making trades already. We're, we're firing the third defensive pairing into the sun and replacing it with two other people. Um, uh, Gordy, uh, four-game losing skid, uh, it was going to happen at some point. The Flames weren't going to be that hot all season, right? Makes sense. Yeah, like last time we did this podcast, they were they, they were on the start of this losing streak. They had lost the two on the road trip, and we talked about how they had, you know, they've been quite snake bitten with some of their chances. And I mean, that was way worse against Carolina. They pulled the puck off their own goal line what three times? Like they're mm-hmm. yeah. the, the bad bounces seem to get worse, and then they outshot Boston quite badly, and yeah, they they lost handily again. So. I mean, I remember somebody in the last podcast saying something about them coming home and a chin strap curse or something. So that, that probably had something to do with it. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get a chin strap update in the second half of the podcast. Uh, Michael, uh, you know, ebbs and flows in the season. You know, I, I, the fans seem to be overreacting. I, part of it a lot it has to do with the fact that the Flames don't win in overtime. Technically, they have six extra losses to their name. They just get a point for those six losses. Um sky's not really falling right i mean COVID aside like you're going to lose games during the season you're going to have streak. they may come back and win seven in a row right i mean well first of all i want to say i am shocked that flames fans are overreacting to something <laughs> that's uh that's something we definitely don't see like once every couple of weeks here like i i think um the way i'm kind of looking at it it's like there's losses where like you play badly you deserve to lose that kind of happened in like the vegas game for example but like mm-hmm. When I wrote that article a couple weeks ago now, where it was ta- kind of talking about, like, I looked at each game, kind of saw, like, how the Flames played, whether or not, like, they would probably win those games most nights. And, like, you look at um the Sharks game, they probably deserved at least a point there, if not two. The Carolina game, I think, ended as it should. It was kind of like a, whoever's going to win overtime is going to win, but both teams played well. But then, like, the Boston game, like, a lot of things point out in the regular world like the flames would probably win that game so like they're still playing good hockey that's the whole thing with like these streaks is that i feel like every nhl team in the year has like a five game win streak and a five game losing streak over 82 games and like 
overreacting when you, you're on the win streak or the losing streak isn't the right way to do business. Like you shouldn't go out and buy if you go on a win streak. You shouldn't go out and sell if you want a losing streak. Like I think they just have to like kind of keep looking at their numbers, kind of realize they are a bit snake bitten right now. And if they keep playing like they are, I think it'll be fine. If they start playing these some of those poorer games like we saw earlier in the year, like I think that we maybe get concerned. But if they're in all these games right to the end, which they have been, like I was also saying that like it's been since the first game of the year, every game they've played, they've either won or lost by a goal, not including empty enders. So I think if they're in every game, you you can't get too concerned because you win, you lose just as many as you win in this league, really. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, at no point were the Flames, you know, when they were like fifteen, five, and whatever, were they going to win their next, you know, sixty games? That's just nonsense. It's not going to happen. Um, one thing, Maddie, that has helped the Flames a little bit is the Ducks and Oilers keep losing every time the Flames lose. So Calgary still has that spot atop of the Pacific. Um, so as much as Calgary has been snake bitten, their opponents can't gain any ground on them either. So not a, not a total loss, right? Can't complain there. Love a bit of help. Right. Um, it, you look down the road. So Calgary was supposed to play tonight at Chicago, Tuesday at Nashville, and then home against Toronto. Those three have been wiped out. Saturday, we talked possibly the earliest they could potentially get back on the ice. If they don't get back on Saturday, they come back to play Anaheim, Seattle, Edmonton, Seattle, Winnipeg. That closes out the year. Having not played for that amount of time, probably not getting any practice time, Maddie. I don't want to come back and face potentially Columbus, Anaheim, Edmonton, Winnipeg, right? Not great. I don't feel great about that. <laughs> and it's at home, guys. The, the Flames are terrible at home. So they get that run of teams coming through. I mean, Seattle is what they are, but, you know, sometimes the Flames play down. Uh, Michael, the schedule makers haven't been kind to the Flames. They've had them on the road, but they've done well in the Atlantic and the Eastern Conference. They haven't played well at home, and now – if they come back next week with through the COVID situation, that's not an easy run to come through, especially if some of those guys are still missing. Um, it, I'm kind of torn on it because like, I think it could be tougher. Like, I don't think the ducks are unbeatable. Like the flames have played them two pretty close games this year. I think they're definitely better than they thought they would, but like, I don't know. I'm not too nervous about Seattle. Like the Oilers will be an interesting yeah. game. Although the Oilers look like they're almost like on the verge of going full tailspin right now. Like, it's like I mentioned earlier, like at least the Flames aren't losing badly, you know, when they play like the Oilers right now are losing ugly games where they're not playing well at all. So I don't know. I think it's going to be like a, it's definitely a challenge. Maybe like what they should do is just make everyone isolate in a hotel for the next 10 days because then they can pretend they're on the road. I was saying they yeah. should do that for Majapani anyways, but <laughs> like, I don't, I think it could be worse. Like it's, it's not great by any means, but like, I think they should be able to beat all these teams as long as they're kind of somewhat back to normal within 10 days or so. Fair enough. Gordy to further Michael's point about the road, should the flames just ditch the red jerseys and play in the, the retro whites all the time. And like, then maybe they'll think they're on the road. It's the flames are so frustrating because they never, they never keep their good trends consistent. Like yeah, the good stuff, it, you can always expect them to maybe disappoint, but when it comes to their bad streaks, like losing the home opening game, having a bad December, losing at home. Like they always do it no matter what the year, what the year's like uniqueness is. is. Like the Flames are having a bad December once again. They're going to go into the Christmas break potentially on a losing streak as they have in many years past. And bucking these trends is just a huge problem for this team. So I'm not giving them as much 
leeway for it. Cause I agree with Mike, like they're not bad losses and they're against good teams, but just the fact that they keep like following these trends and playing the same way when it comes to these things each and every year is just, it's really disheartening and it's, it's bizarre how they can't seem to figure some of these things out. Well, maybe they'll come back. They'll lose like seven in a row and they'll have one of those gullets and 10 game winning streaks out of nowhere, you know, where they just play out of their minds, but who knows? We'll see. Um, speaking of COVID, um, there was rumor going around today uh, out of Canada that potentially um, there might like fans might not be able to come to the arenas anymore for the NBA and the NHL. This is coming from um, Rick Westhead. Uh, he has a, he has a tweet that says, um, he spoke with infectious disease, uh, Dr. Andrew Morris about pro sports and events. And he says that Omicron cases are doubling on in Ontario every two to three days, estimates 10,000 daily cases by December 31st. And the physician predicts that the Ontario government will soon have to close NHL and NBA games to fans because the government will have no choice. Um, this is a pretty scary thing for Canada as a nationwide. Um, Michael and Gordy obviously affects you much more than it affects Maddie and I. Um, like, like, what is that going to be like if they shut down the arenas again? I mean, it's, you're going to go back to the giant tarps over the seats, like, and you know, border this, that's a big decision that's made because then how does border crossing work? Are teams able to come over? Uh, Maddie, what are, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, it's, that's a, that was like a huge thing that came out of today. Yeah. I mean, if that's what they have to do, that's what they have to do. Uh, public safety is obviously paramount, but it's, um, it's, it opens up a whole can of worms. Um, I mean, we, we've seen players talk about how playing in the empty arenas just really isn't the same. And, uh, you know, it's their job to figure out how to play and do fine no matter what, but you know, it, it does matter. And certainly the questions of border crossings and travel is going to be an interesting one. If this continues to, to trend downwards. Yeah. Gordy thoughts on that. I mean, cause if like, if they close the arenas to people, that's, you know, that's each, I guess, province's choice, right? I don't know exactly how Canadian law works, but if they close the border, that completely changes the season. Right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's not good, but like nobody in the hockey world's in a position to be making decisions on these kind of things. So all you can really do is adapt and, and listen to what they're saying, but. Yeah, it's a, the boarding border crossing, especially like you can't go back to a Canadian division midway through the season or something. And yeah, it's 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 a little little concerning for sure. Yeah, especially with the holiday seasons coming up. I know like we saw numbers down here in the States trend upward a little bit after the Thanksgiving holiday. And that was two days. You know, that's Wednesday, well, three days, so Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I mean, what's it going to be like between? December 23rd and New Year's, Michael. I mean, with the league, I mean, we're all speculating. We're all just throwing stuff at a wall here. But like, do you imagine a shutdown like after the holidays and what that would do to the league coming to a grinding halt? Like, how where would you go from there? I mean, at this point, I think, well, first of all, with like the case projections, like I think we're still learning a lot about this variant. I think that's one of the things that people are going to have to kind of keep watching here. Like right now in Alberta, there's only been 20 three cases i believe of the new variant uh so far and it's um i think right at least in alberta it's kind of been a unfortunately a bit of a lax stance on these variants until we have seen hospitalizations going up before they finally did something so i think it could still take some time i'm personally just thinking that they'll probably try to ride it out and hope it doesn't get to that point um 
if we do see it get there eventually, I wouldn't be shocked to see the NHL just decide to shut down for like a month like we did before because as we've kind of seen with these variants, it's a very much like a wave thing. If um, they're already planning to take three plus weeks off for the Olympics, maybe they just say we're going to extend the break an extra couple of weeks on either side and uh, hopefully ride out this wave and hopefully we're kind of seeing it come back down by the end of it because I, I can't see them trying to play through a wave that gets so bad that they don't allow fans. I don't think the NHL has planned a season without fans. I don't think they're financially really planning for to lose any revenue from their fans. So. I, I think that would be probably the option they decide to go. Should we see a big spike come towards Christmas, which is probably going to happen regardless at this point. No, I'm supposed to come to Calgary after Christmas. Sad. <laughs> so we'll see how that Michael, no podcast from a hotel in Calgary, potentially, <laughs> but there's bigger problems than that. So no big deal. Um, Yeah. So I, you know, it's just, it's just, it's a weird time, but if, if it does get shut down, Nobody watched Tiger King until the shutdown, so Gordy and I can recap Tiger King with you guys, <laughs> and we'll get it all set up. Okay. Um, all right, with that note, we're going to take a quick break here on the Tinderbox. When we come back, we're going to talk about All-Star voting, because the All-Star voting has opened up for a game that knows at this point may or may not happen. Um, Gordy's got a good uh, John Gilly story, and um, we're going to talk a little bit about the Olympics, because the Olympics look like they might be a hot mess as well. We will tackle all that when we come back on the Tinderbox. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome back to the Tinderbox. We are the podcast for Match Dicks and Gasoline, the Calgary Flames website for SB Nation. Mark, Michael, Matty, Gordy here today. Uh, so, all-star voting. Uh, suppose the game is supposed to take place in Vegas. Um, you know, that will be quite an extravaganza, uh, an all-star game in the middle of Sin City. Um, you know, you can vote at the NHL website through January 8th. That is a Saturday. Um, the all-star weekend is February 4th and 5th in Vegas. Um you know, you vote for your captains or whatever. Calgary has Johnny Gaudreau, Elias Lindholm, Andrew Manjapani, Jacob Markstrom, and Matthew Kachuk on the docket for the All-Star game. Um, if you could guess, I would probably, I think three of those guys make it. I don't think they're going to load the All-Star team with five Flames players. I, If I were to guess, I would say probably Kachuk, Gaudreau, and Markstrom. Anybody else have an opinion on that? Send all of them, you cowards. <laughs> Send them all. All flames playing with McDavid. So I, I just want to see, like, I want to see that mix of Kachuk and people that don't like him. Gore, do you think they'll all make it, or do you think that's just way too much flamey? I mean, Manchupani's probably an outside player, right? Even how yeah, well he's playing. Three is three is probably the absolute max they'd send with these kind of smaller three-on-three rosters. I think... Markstrom, I'm just trying to run through my head the Pacific Division goalies. There, there really haven't been a lot of good candidates outside of Markstrom, so I think he's. I can probably pretty confidently say he'll be there. Johnny seems to be somebody they like to have there every year, regardless of how it goes, just because he's he's got the hands and stuff. But I, it would be really awesome to see Manjapani. I think I think the All Star Game should be based on like what have you done for me lately mentality, where it's based on the year that's happening, not just on pedigree. And I think of all the flames, Manjapani, 
probably deserves it the most. So those three guys, I think, would be my prediction. Uh, I just, I think the league loves the idea, Michael, right? Of Matthew Kachuk lining up with Dry Seidel, McDavid, and Drew Doughty again at an All Star game, and just watching the chaos happen. But I agree with Gordy. I think Mangiapane is a better fit because he's played better. Yeah, I think um, the one thing with the All Star game is that it seems like they're always a, a year delayed in kind of sending these breakout guys. Like in 2018, 19, the flames were really good, but like, we didn't see a lot of that transition to like 2019, 20 when three flames made, despite the fact they are all having not as good a seasons as 2018, 19. So like, I wouldn't be shocked if Manjapani just doesn't make it just cause he doesn't quite have that name factor, but like maybe a year from now he does. Um, I don't know. I don't put a lot of stock into all-star game rosters just because you see guys always bopping in and out so much, like, especially if like I'm a player going to China soon, if that still happens, like, I don't know if I want to go to the all-star game, then figure out how to get to China after that, especially Vegas. Like, would you go to an all-star game if you know, like if you were in China a week later and you know, if you get to China and suddenly you have COVID, which I think was going to be our next topic, like you're kind of screwed if you get to China with COVID. So I, I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't be shocked if they, pull the plug on the all-star game. I don't know why they did an all-star game right around the Olympic break. Like it just all seems kind of dumb. So I wouldn't be shocked if they pull a plug on it this year, but if they do go like, I think, yeah, like you said, Gaudreau, Manjapani, even Markstrom, I think he would have a crack at it. At least like Demko has been good in Vancouver, but yeah, it's a, uh, it's going to be kind of messy. I think regardless. Speaking of messy, my favorite part of all-star weekend is when they hand the uh, kindergartners, the box of crayons, and they design the NHL all-star jerseys, which have just been absolutely atrocious over the years. Uh, was it last year? They were just like monotone, like just that. Hey, but they made from plastic from the ocean. They look like crap, but they save the ocean. So hooray for the turtles. Um, Michael, segue. You should, you should do this for a living. Uh, the Olympics. Um, China has come out and said that if you are at the Olympics and you test positive for COVID, you need to quarantine anywhere between 15 and 21 plus days in China. You're not allowed to leave. So Flames, for example, Calgary has a lot of potential Canadian uh, Canadian right? uh, Olympic athletes to go to play hockey, right? You have, you've got all your Swedes, Right, you've got Markstrom, you've got Lindholm, you've got Michael Backlund, you got potentially Rasmus Anderson. Uh, obviously, Andrew Manjapani has been talked about as an outlier for Team Canada. Uh, you've got Gaudreau, you've got Kachuk. I mean, there's a lot of flames that could go there. If take Team Sweden as, as the worst example, if four flames go and all of a sudden those guys come down with COVID and can't leave China for almost five weeks, almost two months, like. Are you? Is anybody really risking sending NHL players to the Olympics, Maddie? Is it a good idea, or is this like a you know what we'll we'll, we'll take this year off? Yeah, it. The more that comes out about it, the more it seems like we are not going to have NHL players at the Olympics. Plus, I think I saw something that if you do test positive and get trapped quarantining in China, the teams are not obligated to pay players right. for those games lost. Uh, so it's just, it seems like it's a whole mess for teams and the league and everybody, but also, oh, it just, it feels so unsafe still to me. I mean, especially with just what's happened this season alone in the NHL with teams having COVID issues. Uh, Gordy, uh, you're, you're a guy that gets selected to go play for team Canada. Uh, are you going to China? Are you saying I'll pass somebody else can have my spot? Well, I, I saw a thing today that I think Alex Petrangelo is considering not going, even if if uh, everybody goes. But I think we should just start like a weekly segment of like a Olympic confidence because 
And I think every week that goes by, it gets worse and worse, the outcome. And, you know, the fact that we're in all likelihood, it seems like we're most likely going to be denied a second straight, you know, McDavid, Crosby, Team Canada showing. It's disappointing, but if it if it comes down to, you know, health concerns and political concerns and all this other stuff, you know, there's there's a lot bigger things in the world than hockey. Gordy made a mistake there. He meant he's you're going to miss out on a Johnny Gaudreau, Matthew Kachuk off for <laughs> Matthew's Olympic team. Uh, Michael, your thoughts on this? Um, are you going or like is is it time to just say, hey, I mean, maybe even the Olympics as a whole, just with everything that's going around in the world. Do you imagine like if there is a huge breakout at the Olympics and you've got ski teams, hockey teams, uh, what else is in the Winter Olympics? Ice skating, you know, stuff like the luge teams. Like how many you could have a thousands of people stuck there well here's kind of my opinion too with the olympics is that um it seems like from what i've read that they're only allowing spectators from china for these games so i don't know if hockey will quite get the same billing it normally i know like they've tried to push hockey in china but like i don't know if it would quite get the same receptions like if we were having the olympics in vancouver again or something where the place would be packed so i really wonder if the nhl and the, it depends who they're negotiating with like i really wonder if the nhl says hey we can do the Olympics, but we'd rather host it in somewhere in North America because we're not going to send all of our players over. And when you look at the teams going, really the only country um, that's not European or North American is China, who probably shouldn't be icing an Olympic team to begin with if they weren't hosting. Like, So I, I really wonder if like the NHL comes down to like, hey, we'll take the Olympic break. We'll have guys playing the Olympics, but we just can't send them to China right now. And I wonder if the Olympic, uh, the IOC realizes like, they might still get some money if they play the games from a different country, just because like this whole traveling to China thing looks like it might get too messy, but then at the same time, China's not going to be happy about that. So I think they're going to have to look for a creative solution or if you can't find something like that, I think they just have to throw in the towel, which it sounds like they can do, but I don't think anyone really wants to see that other than avoiding the mess that is China and quarantining right now. Yeah, it just seems like it's, I mean, you know, it's that's their country law, country rule, so you have to play by it, I guess, but it just seems like, you know, and it's not even like you could fly them in on a private charter because you still have to go through customs to get out of the country, so it's just kind of, just sounds like a hot mess and maybe just not worth, you know, sending the NHL's best over there. I mean, could you imagine Edmonton, you know, Dreisaitl and McDavid? don't get to come back and play, you know, they're stuck over there. It's, it's just not, it's not, I don't think it's good for anybody at this point. Um, anybody have any other thoughts on the, the hot mess that is the 2022 winter Olympics before we wrap that up? Yeah, we're good. We all, we all said our piece, keep everybody at home. No NHL going over there. And honestly, then you feel bad for the, like the junior kids. Though, that they're like, why am I going to go and stay there for five weeks if I get sick? So uh, Gordy, John Gilly's got his first start, and this is going to sound absolutely ridiculous considering how highly valued of a prospect John Gillies used to be. He had his first start in four seasons last night for the St. Louis Blues. Uh, picked up an overtime loss, three goals allowed on 39 shots. Um, I kind of like totally forgot about John Gillies. Um, did he just I remember just being so excited for him and then the hip injury happened and that was the end of John Gillies, but good on him. Finally got back into a game. Uh, you've got a story you'd like to share about Mr. Gillies. Yeah, I just, I know there was a lot of hype and a lot of interest in Gillies when he was a flames prospect. So there's probably some people out there who might like a little behind the scenes look at him. Cause it, it always seemed like maybe there was a little bit more going on to his, lack of success with the flames than pure stats because he he was never 
really that bad in the NHL for Calgary. But uh, yeah, so in 2019, I was with the Flames at the draft. And during there, I got to talk to a member of the Flames organization. He just, I, I was asking him some questions about different prospects and stuff. This was when Gillies was obviously still a member of the Flames. But apparently when uh, Gillies was with the Stockton Heat, he would just adamantly refused to ride on the team bus with everybody and would instead no, he wouldn't fly. He wouldn't any of this. He would drive in his own car directly behind the bus. And like, you got to wonder that, you know, this kind of bizarreness and, and um, compartment maybe led to some friction in Stockton and maybe led to him getting out. We all remember how popular the Dougie Hamilton museum stuff was when all that came out. And it's just yeah. with him back in the NHL, it seemed like uh Fun time to bring that back up but yeah good for john gillies he uh, he played surprisingly well last night for a guy who signed a contract days earlier so yeah there you go that is such that is such a weird story like man have you ever <laughs> are there any flyers that take their own car or fly their own plane behind the team plane or bus i have <laughs> never heard anything like that that is that shit insane right it, and I, I guess it does kind of fly into the face of that dougie hamilton like nonsense too michael uh that story's fantastic. Like, I don't even know where to go with that. I got nothing. I mean, uh, I'll chalk it up to goalies being goalies. Maybe he's just weird. It's like, I don't want to talk to anyone when I'm starting tomorrow. But, like, my goodness. Like, that is just... I remember when Gordy told me, I was like, okay, you'll probably have to hold that for, like, a year or two. But, man, like, it, that is a fantastic story. Like... And I guess that is a pretty good way to alienate yourself from your team where you're not bonding with your teammates. I mean, we've all seen Slapshot. The bus rides are the best part of the, the, the trips, right? It's just... I... That is such a bizarre story. So John Gillies would did any what kind of car did he have? Like I it was a good car at least, or was he like driving like a, a beater pickup truck? Yeah, like I've I've no idea. That's there's some decently long drives there in that uh, Pacific division, so everybody's far away. So it's a it's an interesting way to behave. It must be like a six foot six thing where like his knees are pressed into the backs of the seats or something, and he just couldn't do that. This is where you find out he drives a smart car. So it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. <laughs> Just keeps his foot out the window as he goes down. Because, yeah, California is a very, very long state. Like, it didn't matter where you're going in that state. There is You cannot get around California anywhere fast. So, John Gillies drives his, drove him. I wonder if he drove his own car to St. Louis. You know, I wonder how that worked with <laughs> the team. Um, I guess, finally, we'll finish up the uh, Gordy half of the podcast. Gordy, chin strap update? Anything? Oh, and two at home since since they came back. And what are they, four, 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 and three or something at home now? That's losing record. They've had a losing record at home for the past couple seasons. Maybe you need to change something up. I don't know. I don't know what it could be. What's a chin strap cost? Like okay. four bucks, five bucks? <laughs> Michael, take, take I, them I just off want the them to hire helmets. Gordy. Like, <laughs> I, I want them to hire Gordy, like next GM. He just comes in like... <laughs> First press conference, just slamming his fist on the table. We're changing the effing chin straps. And then they go out and win the cup, and he gets a statue of him with a chin strap in his hand or something. <laughs> exactly. It, it, my, my passion probably would have fizzled by now, but it's the fact that clearly there's somebody in Toronto that has has a sense of you know style and a brain because they made the choice this year. They made the decision, and that is a wise man's decision. It's Gordy's chin strap is my Brian Elliott all red pads. That's just how it works. It's just you, you know, you only perform you only perform good if you're looking good. Um, anybody else have anything they want to add before we wrap this up? Any fashion advice, Maddie? You got anything on skate laces or socks or anything you want to throw in? 
Nah, can't think of else. anything. Maybe next but, week. Uh, did anyone see the uh, Mackenzie Blackwood PK Subban little incident on Instagram? No, <laughs> uh, PK Subban uh, posted a picture just just to do with their new jerseys, and Mackenzie Blackwood, com- his own goalie, if you're not aware, commented yeah. on the picture Subban, which I guess the <laughs> New Jersey's P- New Jersey Devils PR team was not too impressed with, and within a day they had made him remove that. I just thought that was pretty funny to see. Because you got to think around the devil's locker room, like they're making jokes about Subban slew-footed people, which I don't think many other people in the league would be too too impressed to hear. Oh my God, that's awesome. <laughs> Just totally out your own teammate and crush him on Twitter. That's an idiot. That's fantastic. Oh, that's great. We're going to call this half of the podcast Gordy's Corner. Gordy's <laughs> totally carried this. This is really good. I like this. Yeah, well, hey, yeah, Mackenzie Blackwood, good for you. Nice job. <laughs> and by the way, I mean, I don't think we discussed it last time, but real quickly while we're talking fashion and whatnot, like those jersey jerseys, got to be the dumbest things we've ever outside of the uh, the the Dallas uh, the Dallas Stars ones where they they you know they'll be seen at night, they'll be plenty visible if they're picking up <laughs> trash on the highway in the dark. But like this jersey jerseys, are so, and the memes were fantastic. They had one that said like helmets, skates gloves like is, has there been a worse jersey design in a while and maddie what like, this thing's right i mean outside of the monochrome flyers penguins you know yellow blue yellow black orange black jersey like it's kind of on the nose right you know i the flyers played them last week and i saw them in full game action and i didn't hate them as much as i did when I, they were first revealed it's too many stripes still yeah and i don't love them but like the Dallas ones are way worse. Yeah, those Dallas things are hideous. Although they don't beat Dallas's initial, what was that? What do they call it? Um, the ovary bull when they did the Taurus in the early nineties. The, the uterus, uterus, yeah, uterus. That's what it is. <laughs> that that might be the worst, one of the worst, or or super duck breaking through the ice with the muscles. Like <laughs> those two might be the I, the worst jerseys. Oh my god, the Nashville. Yes. Stadium. Oh yes, Nashville <laughs> outdoor. With oh different, like, God. every letter's a different font for some reason. <laughs> yeah. so Nashville's never really hit it out of the park with their, the, the bucktooth cat just looks weird. Like, I don't know. I guess it's no worse than the Atlanta Thrashers who are thrashing you with a roadrunner. So, I don't, you know, whatever. It's With the name going down the sleeve of just, I don't know, whatever. I think this is, Ugly Jerseys, I think, is a whole nother podcast we should do because there are enough <laughs> oh of them floating around. And I think Somebody I in something. Nashville needs to lose their job, like the, the Smashville <laughs> ones, and like the Winter Classic from a couple years ago, where it was just like Nashville Predators in cursive with a giant block of yellow. Like, yeah, somebody Ugly. is is either not getting paid enough to design a jersey, or is getting paid way too much to design a jersey. And either way, it's bad, and they need to stop. Yeah, and I think Michael and I hit upon it in our last we did our solo podcast was also the Olympic ones, like. Nike, what are you doing? Like the the Canadian ones, way too much black in those uniforms for one. Um, Team Canada has a very classic, nice look for their jerseys. They could just go with that. And Maddie, for Team USA, I don't know what the heck those things are that Nike designed. How hard is it to do the Miracle on Ice team? Just USA yeah, just across do the front. The ones that they wear at World Juniors, they're gorgeous. I love them. Right. Don't touch anything else. I know, but just do a nice Russian one so I can get a Nikita Zadorov Team Russia Olympic jersey because Michael said I shouldn't get a Zadorov Flames jersey. And I told him, I said, if I get a Zadorov Flames jersey, it'll make every fan happy because he'll get traded immediately because that's what happens when I buy a player jersey. So the, the New Jersey jerseys are are just their version of like the 
Calgary pajamas, right? Like it's the exact same font and everything. Like the second I saw those, that's what I was reminded of. It was just weird cursive across the chest and that's it. And then they they took it further by just going black and, black and white for some reason. <laughs> Yeah, the the the, the uh, stampede, whatever the rodeo, whatever it was, jersey that that alternate they did uh, with the Calgary going was it going up the jersey at a weird angle? But it said the Calgary, but it also had the flaming C on it, so it looked like it was like you had to do a double take, and it had the weird patches on the shoulders. I I, I don't know. Just a, there's been some dark days in uniform <laughs> stuff, and a lot of it occurred in the uh, the early '90s when everybody got a a, a weird new third jersey or they changed everything when you know the flames first introduced blasty was that the bruins had the winnie the pooh um the oilers had the gear with the oil drop which might be one of the weirdest ones we went over what was it a super duck breaking through the ice uh just all the the blue the blues one that had like the jazz flute i don't think they ever wore it it was like a prototype was ridiculous i think the only winner out of that whole whole set was blasty and i don't care i love those islanders i love the gorton's fisherman i didn't like the wave (laughs) in the bottom but i love the gorton's fisherman i thought that was fantastic all right, that wraps up the fashion report here on the Tinderbox. Uh, anybody got anything else they want to add? Uh, we got we got dinner advice, anything we want to throw out here? Or we're doing the domestic part of the podcast? <laughs> no? We're good? Awesome. All right, well, if you enjoyed this podcast, please find us on Google Podcasts, Spotify, and iTunes. Just search up Matchsticks and Gasoline. Under that heading, you will find the Tinderbox. You will also find Behind Enemy Lines and Mark and Michael's Musings. Like us, follow us, download all these podcasts. Um, The Flames, no hockey for a little while. Potentially Saturday against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Their next three games have been canceled. It's not the right word, but postponed by the NHL due to six Flames players and one Flames trainer being placed in NHL COVID protocol. Thank you so much for listening to The Tinderbox, and we will catch you next time.